I want to ask you if you take your Bibles this morning and open to the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I want to ask you a question this morning. What if Easter didn't exist? What would life be like if Easter didn't exist? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and in a moment we'll get to the Word. But before we do that, I want to ask you a question. I bet most of you have heard of a man named Harry Houdini. Have you ever heard of a man named Harry Houdini? Harry Houdini was a magician. He was a magician who specialized in spectacular escapes. There really was nobody like Harry Houdini in his day. And in fact, there's been nobody like Harry Houdini ever since. He was absolutely amazing. It was said that Harry Houdini had the flexibility of an eel and the lives of a cat. It was said that Harry Houdini scoffed at stocks and sneered at chains. They didn't scare him at all. Harry Houdini was absolutely amazing because he could get out of anything. He could get out of anything. They would put Harry Houdini in a coffin and put him in the ground, and somehow Harry Houdini would escape. They would take a large milk can and put Harry Houdini inside, and somehow he would escape. They took a boiler and riveted the boiler shut, and somehow Harry Houdini escaped. They took a beer barrel and put Harry Houdini in the beer barrel and sealed it tight, and Harry Houdini escaped. Would you believe that they took Harry Houdini and put him in a maximum security federal prison? Maximum security federal prison, and somehow or another, Harry Houdini escaped. But in October of 1926, Harry Houdini died. He died. He told his wife before he died, sweetheart, If there's a way that I can communicate with you beyond the grave, you believe me, I'll find it. I'll find a way to talk to you beyond the grave. Here's a special code word. He gave his wife a special code so that she would know it was Harry. Every year, he said, I'll come see you a year after my death. Every year, she would take that portrait and she would light a candle and she would sit there and wait and listen for Harry Houdini to come talk to her. For 10 years, above the portrait was a candle. On the 10th year, after hearing nothing from her husband, the light went out. She never heard from Harry Houdini again. Imagine this. The man that in his life could escape absolutely anything couldn't escape old man death. The man who in this life could get out of anything, even Harry Houdini, couldn't get out of death. Old man death laid his hands on Jesus Christ as well, put him in a borrowed tomb, They put a large boulder at the entrance of that tomb. They put a Roman seal on that boulder so that no one could come in and no one could come out. But in three days after his death, Jesus Christ rose up from the grave, walked through the walls of that tomb, rolled the stone away so that everyone can see that he is alive. Death couldn't hold Jesus Christ. I want you to know today that we serve a Savior who's not behind us in a tomb but before us on a throne. Death couldn't hold Jesus Christ. The resurrection, it is the hinge upon which Christianity rests. If there'd been no Easter, if there'd been no resurrection, we'd have no reason to be here today. Think about it like this. Across our nation and around the world today, literally millions upon millions of people, hundreds of millions of people gather to worship the Lord Jesus Christ in recognition of the resurrection. But what if Easter didn't exist? What if there were no resurrection? What if it's all a myth, a legend, a fairy tale, just a children's story? What if it's not real? 
You see, someone once said, Christianity is either of no importance or it is completely and totally of all importance. The one thing it cannot be is somewhat important. It either is of no importance at all because it's a myth, a fairy tale, and a legend, or it's real, it's true, it's life-changing and transforming, and it is the most important message in the world. I submit to you this morning that it is the most important message in the world because it is true. But have you ever thought about that? What if Easter didn't exist? I want you to know we're not the first ones to ask that question. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul is dealing with a church that has so much confusion about life and about death and about what happens after death. And many of them are saying there's no such thing as a resurrection of the dead. And Paul says to this church, if there's no such thing as a resurrection of the dead, then Jesus isn't risen from the dead either. Listen to what it says, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Begin reading with me in verse 12. We'll read to verse 19. Paul writes, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God. In other words, we're liars. Because we testified about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise. If it is true, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who've fallen asleep in Christ have perished. In other words, those who are already dead, trusting in Jesus, there's no hope for them as well. Verse 19, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. I want you to remember God's word is perfect. It has the power to change and transform your life. What if Easter didn't exist? What if there'd been no resurrection? What if Jesus was still in the tomb? I admit it's a loaded question, a lot like this question. What if you'd never been born? How can you answer a question like that? What do you say when you come to a question like that? Well, Paul gives us several truths, several things that we need to recognize and realize if Easter didn't exist, what would life be like? The first thing we discover right here in verses 12 to 15, if Easter didn't exist, if there'd been no Easter, our message would be powerless. Our message would be powerless. Paul says here in these verses, if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is in vain. The word preaching just means message, a communication. And the word vain there is very important. It means without effect, completely and totally useless or powerless. Paul says if Christ is still in the tomb, if he's not living today, then our message is powerless. It's meaningless and purposeless. In other words, what gives the power to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ? What gives the power to the message of Christianity? It is that Jesus Christ is not a dead prophet or a dead teacher or a dead king. But unlike any other prophet, unlike any other teacher, unlike any other king, Jesus Christ is alive and he lives today to offer hope and forgiveness to all who will call upon his name. That's the message of the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is that God loved you so much, even while you were a sinner, separated from him. Even while you were an enemy of God, even while you were still in your sin, the Bible says God loved you so much, even while you were a sinner, Jesus Christ came. He lived a perfect life. He died a death that you deserved, a death that I deserved upon the cross. But in three days, he rose again. 
He conquered death, hell, the grave, all of his enemies. He ascended to the Father and now is seated at the right hand of God the Father making intercession for you and for me. But if there's no resurrection, that message is powerless. If there's no resurrection, there is no hope. If there's no resurrection, there's no power in the gospel. Now imagine if I knocked on your door one Saturday afternoon and I said, congratulations, you are the winner of our sweepstakes. You have won $10 million. After you said, now, preacher, I want to give at least half to the church, which we would gladly accept, you began to call all your friends and say, you have no idea what happened. We, I, I've won $10 million. This is the greatest news ever. Can you believe that I've won $10 million? You'd call your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers. You'd probably run up and down the street. You'd be so excited. You might even leave a voicemail for your boss. Hey, guess what? I'm not coming to work on Monday. $10 million, that's amazing. But what if it was all a lie? What if that was just a just plain a joke, you know, I knocked on your door just to have a good time and there really is no sweepstakes, there really is no winner, and there really is no $10 million. Well, in that case, not only is it a lie, but that's very cruel, right? See, the disciples, the disciples saw Jesus live, they saw him die. They saw Jesus after he rose again. And the disciples, the ones who saw it with their own eyes, are the ones who brought us the word. He is risen. So Paul says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, one who saw the risen Christ, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the what? It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Jesus Christ is risen. Easter does exist. So our faith, our message, our preaching has phenomenal, amazing, miraculous power. I'm telling you, this is a powerful message. I've seen the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ transform and change lives. I've seen marriages that are crumbling, falling apart at the seams. I've seen God stitch them back together through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've seen moms and dads that are broken and, and, and heartache because their children are wayward, walking away from God, going down the wrong road. And I've seen God, the Holy Spirit, do a work in those children's lives through the power of the gospel and bring them right back to where they're supposed to be. I've seen those who've been addicted in chains as a result of drugs or alcohol, I've seen them set free by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and transformed by its grace. I've seen those who are nasty, mean, and hateful when they come to the cross and meet Jesus Christ, they encounter the power of the gospel and they are changed forever through its power. You see, today, Easter does exist. Christ is risen. Jesus is alive, so the message has the power to change lives. I want you to know today the gospel can change your life. You see, one of the questions that you have to ask is not do I go to church and not am I a good person and not, not am I moral or, or, or righteous. The question that you have to ask is this, has my life been changed by Jesus? Am I different? Have I been transformed by the power of the gospel? But if Easter didn't exist, our message would be powerless. Paul goes on to say, if Easter didn't exist, our faith would be useless. Our faith would be useless. Let's listen to what he says now. If Christ is not risen, our preaching is in vain, our message would be powerless. And your faith is in vain. The word vain there, same word, useless, empty, without effect. What is the reason to have faith in another dead prophet? What is the reason to have faith in another dead teacher? Paul is saying, if Christ is not alive, there's no reason to have 
faith. What good is faith if Christ is dead? What good is faith if he's not alive? If it never, ever happened, then your faith and my faith is useless. If Christ is not risen, it's all a myth. It's all a fairy tale. It's all a children's story. It's all a legend. It's all a fable. If Christ is not risen, then faith is useless. If Easter didn't exist, it wouldn't matter how much faith you have. If Easter didn't exist, it wouldn't matter what you believe in. If Easter didn't exist, it wouldn't matter how you live or how you act. But deep in the heart of everyone, I believe there's a yearning. There's a desire. God's placed it there. You know that there's something more out there. You know that there's something more. There's a desperate need for you to believe in something, to hope in something, to trust in something. And just think about it like this. When you go buy a, a vehicle, car makers want you to know that you can trust them. They want you to know that their product is reliable. And one of the things that they do to get you to trust them, to let you know their product is reliable, is they offer you a warranty. The warranty comes in all, they come in all shapes and all sizes. Some are three-year, 36,000-mile warranties that cover everything bumper to bumper. Some are five-year, 50,000-mile warranties. Even some vehicles have 10-year, 100,000-mile warranties. But no matter what, Whatever the vehicle is and how good it is, whatever the warranty is and how good it is, no matter what, the warranty will eventually run out. I know I had a GMC Sierra that went to 208,000 miles. They don't make warranties for that. Eventually, the warranty will run out. Think about it in your relationships. What are you looking for in a husband or a wife? What are you looking for in a friend? You want someone that you can rely on. You want someone you can depend on. You want someone you can trust. Well, what is friendship without trust? If you can't trust somebody, you can't really develop and have a relationship with that person. But every relationship and every person, every person will let you down. Did you know that? There's no perfect person. There's no perfect relationship. There's no perfect marriage. Every person, every husband, every wife, every friend, at one point or another, they will let you down. But I want you to know, if Easter didn't exist, we couldn't trust God. If Easter didn't exist, the message is false, it's a lie, and it's completely and totally unreliable. And how can we believe anything else he says? If Easter didn't exist, our faith is useless. But I want you to know today, we're here this Sunday morning to celebrate something. We're here today, right here and right now, because Easter does exist. And every Easter Sunday, every Sunday, and every day in between, we celebrate a risen Savior. Jesus rose from the dead. Easter does exist. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, Paul says, The life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Because Jesus Christ is risen, he's alive, and he can live inside of you and inside of me. Without Easter... If Easter didn't exist, our message would be powerless. Our faith would be useless. If Easter didn't exist, our salvation would be pointless. Our salvation would be pointless. Look at what the Bible says right there in your, in your notes, in your Bible. Verse 17. If Christ has not been raised, if Easter doesn't exist, your faith is futile. And listen to this phrase. And you are still in your sins. You hear that? If Easter didn't exist, what good is faith? And there's no such thing as forgiveness. Have you ever thought about that? What a painful thought. 
You see, the message of Christianity is that no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, you can be forgiven through a risen Savior. But if Easter didn't exist, then there's no such thing as forgiveness. There's no such thing as redemption. There's no such thing as reconciliation. If Jesus is dead, there's no such thing as hope. Salvation is absolutely pointless. The message of Christianity is this, that you can be redeemed, you can be saved because Jesus is alive. He paid for your sin, he lives today, and he offers salvation to you and to me. But without Easter, without the resurrection, there's no hope for forgiveness. What a sad thought that you have to pay for your sin, every single one of them. That I have to pay for my sin, every single one of them. Every idle word that I shouldn't have said every evil thought that I should have thought, every person that I heard, and whether intentionally or unintentionally, everything that I've done, it's on me. Everything that you've done, it's on you. Because without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is no such thing as forgiveness. And so we end up paying for our own sin. You see, with salvation comes the promise of resurrection. Did you know that? That's exactly what Paul's saying here in this chapter. Paul is reminding the believers at the church in Corinth, he's saying, there is such thing as a resurrection. If there weren't, you couldn't be forgiven of your sin. But there is so you can be saved and you can be redeemed. Think about it like this. If Jesus didn't die for our sins and rise again, then we are still guilty before God. Now that's a scary thought. Because God is holy and we are not. God is righteous and we can't be. He's perfect, and we are so far from perfect. And if Christ didn't rise again from the dead, there is no hope for salvation. It's an absolutely pointless thing. We must pay for our own sin. But I want you to know what the Bible says. Somebody might say, you know, I thought Jesus paid for our sin on the cross. He did. Listen carefully. 1 Corinthians 15.3, right here at the beginning of this chapter, 15.3 and 4, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Here's what Paul says. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. He did. What did he die for? You notice it right there. He died for our sins. But then Romans chapter 4 and verse 25 says something very interesting. I want you to hear what Paul says in Romans. You, the resurrection is just as important as the crucifixion. Christ rising again is just as important as is dying for you. Look at what he says in Romans chapter 4 and verse 25. He was handed over on account of our transgressions. And he was raised on account of our justification. He loved us. He died for us and paid for our sins. He paid the price through the cross. But the resurrection, two purposes for the resurrection. And I want you to understand. I want you to know what they are. First of all, it vindicated the life, the death of Jesus. The resurrection was God's stamp of approval on the perfect life and the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead on the third day, it was as if God said, yes, that is exactly what I needed to pay the price for sin. And it validated, it validates your forgiveness and your redemption. To validate, it demonstrates that God has received the sacrifice of Christ and he offers forgiveness to you and me today. Without Easter, our salvation is pointless. Did you know that? But I want you to know today, you know this, Easter does exist. Jesus is alive. He's no longer in the grave. We are here to worship and celebrate because he is risen. So our salvation isn't pointless. It is the point. If you want to know the point of life, if you look to the heavens and ask, why am I here? I want you to know you're here to know God, to love him, and to serve him. That is the point of life. Without Easter, the Bible tells us our 
message would be pointless, powerless. Our faith would be useless. Our salvation would be pointless. And number four, we see this in verse 19. Our life would be hopeless. Without Easter, our life would be hopeless. Can we just be honest this morning? We all want our lives to count for something. We all want to make a difference in one way or another. We want, we want our lives to mean something. And when we believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, that gives us hope and it gives us a meaning and purpose beyond this life. I mean, if, if all we have, Paul says, if all we have is what we see before us, then we ought to be the most miserable people in the world. Because this is all there is. There's no reason to be good. There's no reason to be righteous. There's no reason to be godly. If Easter doesn't exist, live like you want. It doesn't matter. When you die, you die. And there's nothing else. This is exactly what he's saying. If in this life only we have hope, then we are of all people to be most pitied. If in this life only, if this is the only life where we can think about a future and know that we have hope, then we are miserable people because we're believing a lie. That is, if Easter doesn't exist. But Easter does exist. Jesus Christ is risen. He's alive. The tomb is empty. And you and I today can worship him, can give him praise because we have a hope in this life and we have a hope beyond this life, not just on Easter Sunday, but every single day. The Bible says, so this gives us hope. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 58, listen to what it says. It gives us hope to know that what we do in this life matters. Listen to what it says. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord, knowing that when you work for the Lord here on this earth, there is a reward to come. Not only that, but the trials and problems you face have meaning and purpose. How miserable would it be if we went through the pain and suffering of life and all it was was pain and suffering, how awful would it be if all it was was pain and suffering and there was no greater purpose? I want, you, I want you to know today, if you're a child of God, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, when you go through pain and heartaches and difficulties, God always has a purpose. He's either going to take it away and show you how mighty and powerful He is or He'll make you more like His Son Jesus through the process or He'll take you home to heaven one day see we have a hope even through struggles listen to what Paul says 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17 for momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond comparison Paul says in this life we do have hope because we know that our work is not in vain and we know that our suffering has purpose think about it like this how would you describe the suffering that you've encountered in this life? What about your loved ones? What about your friends? This life is full of suffering and heartache. This life is full of problems and pain and sorrow. How does Paul describe it here? Our momentary light affliction. And you may say, Paul, you don't understand. My affliction has not been momentary. I feel like it's been my whole life. And it hasn't been light. It's been so difficult. It's been so hard. I can barely bear up under the weight of the problems that I face. And here Paul is making light of my struggles. Paul is not making light of your struggles. Paul understood what it was, what it meant to struggle and to have hardship and difficulties. But what Paul is saying is this. Compared to one day spending eternity in the presence of Jesus, Jesus, 
All the problems and pain of this life, all the sorrow and sickness and sadness, all the difficulties and struggles, they will seem like they were absolutely nothing when we enter into the presence of Jesus. Our momentary light affliction is working for us and something that is far beyond all compare and eternal weight of glory. I heard a story about a lady who was diagnosed with a terminal disease. She'd been given three months to live. This lady was full of joy. She had a relationship with God and she knew that she had a hope beyond this life. She called her pastor over and said, Pastor, I don't have much more time. I'm fine, I'm okay. I don't have much more time though. And I just want to make sure my affairs are in order. She was going through her funeral service with the pastor. She knew the songs that she wanted sung and she knew who she wanted to sing them. She knew the key she wanted those songs in. She had it all planned out. She knew the scripture verses that she wanted to have read. She knew what she wanted the pastor to say. She even had her outfit picked out. This is the outfit. This is the dress that I'd like to be buried in. She had it all figured out. Everything down to the last detail. Then as the pastor was about to leave, she said, oh, wait a second, pastor. There's one thing that I forgot. One thing that I forgot. Now, this is important. I want you to promise me. He said, absolutely. You just let me know anything. She said, I want you, I want you to bury me with a fork in my right hand. The pastor looked at her like you're looking at me. What? I want you to bury me with a fork in my right hand. He said, if that's what you want, that's what we'll do. But I don't understand. She said, let me explain. Even when I was a little girl all the way up to now nearing the end of my life, when I was a little girl and we'd get together as a family and we'd have, uh, we'd have you know, everybody together and we'd eat just this big spread and Mama would look at me and say, now you keep your fork. And when Mama looked at me and said, keep your fork, I knew that something better was coming. And then later on, when we'd have those big church, church-wide dinners or a potluck, and, and we'd have this big spread, and it was just great, and somebody would look at me and say, you keep your fork. She'd say, I know something better is coming. She said, Pastor, I want you to bury me with a fork in my right hand. When people walk by my casket, they're going to ask you, what in the world does she have a fork in her hand for? And I want you to be able to look them in the eyes and I want you to be able to say, because she knows the best is yet to come. And I want you to know today, if you know Jesus Christ, if you love him and you serve him, Easter does exist. Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty. He is risen and it gives us hope in this life and hope beyond this life. Amen, church. Keep your fork. The best is yet to come. Easter does exist. And if it does, then every person living on this earth has a decision to make. Christianity, it is either of no importance or it is all important. It can't just be somewhat important. Listen to me carefully before we finish, and I'm almost done. Listen to me carefully. The most important decision you make in this life is how you respond to Jesus. And the God that loved you sent Jesus Christ to this earth to live a perfect life, one you couldn't live, and to die a death, one that you and I deserved. He's calling you today. Jesus is alive. The very ones who proclaimed that message were the ones who saw him die and saw him after his death alive. 
the one thing it can't be is just a marginal part of your life that really makes no difference in how you live. If it's true, Easter changes everything. And it's true.